Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is MMAfighting.com's Jed Mishu. I am here with Stephen Morocco and Damon Martin, both of MMAfighting.com, because we have got big breaking news. Uh, as of less than an hour ago, former UFC heavyweight champion Kane Velasquez has been released on bail. He's been in jail for the last eight months. We're going to talk all about it, but we wanted to do a quick react pod to this pretty big development in, in his case. So before we hop right into it, uh, just want to say that Damon was uh, watching the bail hearing all through the day. He's got direct updates on exactly what happened. So I'll throw it to you right off the bat here, Damon. Talk us through exactly what what transpired that that ended up getting Cain Velasquez out of jail. So, yeah, the last two days have been a pretrial hearing where they were talking to mostly the cops that were involved at the scene after uh, you know Cain was arrested. But then today... They went through final motions and uh, Kane's lawyer, Mark Garagos, uh, had two motions. One was trying to get the premeditated attempted murder charge dismissed. That was denied. Uh, he will go to trial under the premeditated attempted murder charge along with nine other counts. But the second motion was to grant bail. Now, bail had been denied four previous times by different judges on the case. But uh, Judge Arthur Bocanegra decided uh, to opt against the uh, recommendation of the prosecution represented by uh, Aaron French of the district attorney's office. And he basically said that, uh, you know, after eight months, he's going to send, uh, you know, Kane home. And he basically, you know, relayed a bunch of conditions, including GPS monitoring and home detention. Um, he has to undergo CTE and traumatic brain injury uh, wellness at a uh, wellness center treatment at a wellness center. He has to undergo counseling for parents of children who have suffered sexual abuse um, he has to have no weapons in the home uh, and he has to have a 300 yard protective or 300 yards away protective order away from the three victims in the case, Harry Gularte, who is the person accused of uh, sexually molesting Kane's son and his uh, parents or step parent, Paul Bender and his mother, Patricia Gularte. But as a result, $1 million later, Kane Velasquez will get a chance to go home and see his family for the first time in eight months. Yeah, it's, it's a huge development, and uh, we've already seen a pretty big outpouring of support from, or maybe not maybe not support, just enthusiasm from Kane's friends in the MMA community. Stephen, I want to go to you on this, because you've been following this case very closely for MMAfighting.com. What, uh, going back, let's go back to kind of the initial pretrials, because this is not the first time that they have asked for bail for Kane, basically citing very similar circumstances here this one went through can you kind of refresh us on what it why the previous judges were not uh as inclined to accept this argument from garagos well because basically they were able to convince the judge that he was uh a clear and i think uh french used the term clear and convincing threat um in previous hearings um and that was based on the facts 
of the case as they were known at the time. Um, Garagos is obviously going to try to poke as many holes and is, you know, from what I read of what's been happening, uh, of what happened in the past two days, he's already poking holes uh, or, or laying a groundwork for a defense here. So um, he's going to try to do that. Um, and the state is going to argue that Kane is a clear and convincing threat, a danger to the public, essentially. And that's why he shouldn't be released on bail. And given the, the, the facts on their face, um, there is it, it's not too much of a stretch. I'm obviously not a lawyer, but I would say it's, it's, it's not too much of a stretch to argue that he could be uh, a danger to society or make the, that argument if he was going through crowded city streets, allegedly, and firing a pistol uh, into uh, Mr. Bender's car, or Mr. Galarte's uh, truck. So, I'm, 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 I'm surprised that the tone changed, or that that after four times that they were able to get it done on this, uh, on this, on this fifth one. But, um, clearly. I think that's kind of my question to Damon, actually, if I can sort of throw it to him, like, what was the sense of what was a, the change that you sensed? Or, or was there any circumstance that was present in the courtroom or any um, argument that that worked in particular to, to, to sway things the way they, they went today? I think what it ultimately came down to was the judge believing that, you know, I mean, he, he basically said in a statement, I don't believe that Mr. Velasquez is a flight risk. And I believe that Mr. Velasquez, you know, wants to be reunited with his son who has been traumatized. I think there was a lot of sympathy there for that. Uh, I don't think anyone is disputing. Obviously, you know, of course, Harry Galarte allegedly, you know, uh, sexually abused, you know, Cain Velasquez's son. He's going to stand his own trial, which will take place next year. Um, but I think there was a lot of sympathy for that because at the end of the day, you know, Cain does have a family that's been without him since the day he got arrested on February 28th. They've been without him. He's been in jail ever since then. He has a four-year-old son, you know, and a daughter who've been without him. And I think there was just sympathy there, uh, realizing that so much time has passed and, and his son was traumatized and uh, they want to return him home for the time being until he stands trial. And I think the judge, judging by his comments, you know, basically saying, you know, he's, he more or less sympathized with that, you know, not that, you know, he's, he's, he condemned the actions, you know, and basically said that, you know, he also, again, as I mentioned earlier, denied the motion to dismiss the premeditated attempted murder charge, which, you know, that if convicted comes with a life, a potential of a life sentence. So he's not, you know, discounting the seriousness of the charges, but I do believe after eight months in jail, um, I think he had a little bit of sympathy for Kane's family, just being without him this entire time. And, uh, you know, he's going to go to trial, you know, he's, he's already pled not guilty. They're not, you know, letting him go by any stretch of the imagination. He has a slew of conditions, uh, you know, that he has to abide by to, to maintain his freedom for now. Uh, but I think that was it, you know, it was just a lot of time has passed. And, uh, and basically the judge also said that, uh, he's had an outpouring of support from letters, you know, things that have been mentioned previously, people like Dana White, all these people had written letters in support of Kane. Uh, the community people had written some you know, letters of support uh, for Kane. And, uh, and I think he basically, you know, more or less, you know, understanding there's also a celebrity factor here. You know, Kane's not going to go anywhere now without being recognized. He probably couldn't go very far, you know, in his own community as it stood. Um, so I think those all played a factor. And again, he's been in jail for eight months already. I think, uh, you know, pending this trial, they wanted to let him go home and be with his family for a little while. It, you know, that's the way I took it. That's the way the judge kind of said it. So the quote, one of the 
great things about this podcast is we actually have an attorney. Technically, a guy who went to law school. So, Jed, I'm dying to hear your take on this. I think it's important to note that there is a diff- th- this guy is a different judge, right, than the previous judge that de- denied bail. So it's, very, this- it's very important to note that. Uh, yeah. I'm going to issue a formal disclaimer because I think I'm legally supposed to do this. I am no longer licensed to practice law. I have let my bar card lapse because that is not the profession I I work in. And I have never been licensed to practice law in the state of California. So those are two very important things to to get out front. Uh, I think it's obviously a huge difference uh, because as much as we want to live in this world where we believe that the law is concrete and there's a very clear structure, it the law is in some ways, it's also very malleable, but it's enforced by people and people are different and people have different ways of interpreting things. And there's so much interplay here that can allow, you see a lot of this just in general with people, venue shopping cases, because some, some, some cases, some courts, some judges will be more lenient or more sympathetic to their standing. I think getting a new judge here certainly had some. I also do think the time just plays a bit of a factor. Stephen, I think I'm trying to remember exactly. We talked about this uh, offline when the first bail uh, uh, request got denied. And I think I came to you and said something like, I'm a little bit surprised that they denied it for all the reasons that they've released it now or that that they've allowed it now. I I can understand certainly from a legal standpoint, because a thing we haven't uh, explicitly mentioned and that I do want to bring about right now is the charges that are facing Kane? He does have the premeditated murder, and that results from allegedly here uh, chasing down this man and firing rounds of his gun into a truck carrying not just this individual but two other individuals uh, over several miles and in a high-speed car chase that, at the minimum, like potentially endangered other people in the community. These are very serious charges. And we can't make light of that or or not recognize that. But I do think certainly some time away gives you a little bit more room to breathe, a little bit more opportunity to say, well, he clearly presented a danger in the immediate aftermath because of the charges that are laid against him. But with some time and the quote here from Judge Bocanegra, which I think is the most instructive, at least of his opinion on the matter, and maybe to the truth of the fact here is, Mr. Velasquez, I would not release you if I was not convinced that finally a release at this time, eight months later, that you would be a danger to Harry Gularte primarily, Patricia Gularte, or Paul Bender, or the public. What that what the judge is saying is, you've spent eight months in jail. I think you recognize the seriousness of what is going on here, and that releasing you back into public is not going to create a severe danger, especially with these restrictions. Because I think those are the big ones here. Uh, we could get into a whole separate argument uh, that has really no bearing in the MMA sphere about cash bail uh, in America and why it's uh, fraught with problems. But the big ones here is the the monitoring, uh, the mental health treatment. Like These are tangible things, and certainly the monitoring is the biggest one because that, in, in a vacuum, came very likely... Uh, assuming the circumstances uh, that we are all making the assumptions are true. There's a big allegedly because none of this has been proven, but 
assuming several of these circumstances, Kane doesn't in general pose a public risk. Uh, he more more acutely poses a risk to set specific individuals and kind of with the things they've outlined here should mitigate that pretty effectively. Um, but I'm, I'm with you. I was a little bit surprised that they let him go this time just because it hasn't been a consistent denial of this. And so I am led to believe the, the simplest answer is, is usually the correct one that a new judge kind of came in and, and took pity more or less in this instance. And how does he end up in this position? What do you mean? How does Judge Bocanegra end up in this position? How do we get Judge? Is it just a simple matter of scheduling, like uh, the court the court calendar? I'm not. Well, uh, it could be that. I'm honestly not sure because I have not paid that much attention to this case. Uh, I I don't think because I feel like we would have covered it that they would have uh, asked for a recusal from an from a prior judge or anything like this. This could simply just be an issue of calendar. Uh, just right because this is this has been ongoing for eight months. Um, and so, and and that is kind of one of the things here when we're talking about cases like this, right? Like this is, this is eight months and we're in pretrial. Like we're not even to the whole enchilada and frankly, and some of that's because of continuances for various reasons. It is sort of how cases work in the American jurisprudence system at this point. Like they, you can kick the can down the road and, I'm going to make an analogy that maybe isn't great, but we're going to do it anyway. Cause I already started, um, back in my legal days, uh, one of the first things they tell you in law school, which they don't tell you, but you kind of, they like sort of tell you is, uh, how to understand the game of the court, because in some ways that is what it is. And specifically, I'm going to use the instance of a DUI. So I know several people who have, gotten pulled over for DUIs and I have given out or I have told them if if you are not sure if you are a hundred percent you haven't been drinking I don't blow into the breathalyzer there's no reason to do that right uh, or, or you can blow into it if you absolutely haven't been because you're fine there's no reason not to if you have been don't drive you should never ever drink and drive it's a really really horrible thing but in a legal sense don't blow into the breathalyzer because that gives them concrete evidence that you were drinking at the time. Now, most state laws allow you to be arrested for refusing the breathalyzer, but that still is not a fact of the ground. And the reality is your DUI case, should you choose to go to trial with it, probably won't happen for three years. Like it's the, the courts are too backlog, especially I, I'll be, I, I stopped doing law prior to COVID. I know that the whole COVID thing really backlogged our court system by a million. So I don't even know what the, what things look like on the ground there right now. But if you push something off for two or three years, concrete evidence gets lessened. That's how time works. And so something like a raw number of here's a breathalyzer, it was 1.2 or what like that's, you can't argue that fact, but there's not that it goes away. Time makes things easier to stomach a lot in the legal sense, a lot of ways. And I think to some extent that that's kind of what happened here. So Damon, what comes next? Uh, having been in the, watch the proceedings today, did they give you an indication of sort of what's next in the trial, what we can uh, look forward to? Uh, the next hearing, it's another pretrial hearing and arraignment pretrial hearing is going to take place on November 21st. Uh, that will be his next official time in court and, and Kane will have to appear in court. They haven't set a trial date yet. Uh, this is still going through pretrial motions and everything that's happening. 
uh, just like these last two days were. Um, I mean, at this point, you know, we're pretty much, I mean, unless they reach a plea agreement, we're pretty much destined to go to trial. Uh, how soon that will happen, I couldn't even begin to say. This has already been stretched out, as we mentioned, eight months just to get to this point. Um, so November 21st will be the next time that Kane will have to be in court. Uh, until then, you know, he will be at home with his family. Um, but yeah, so that's the next stage. Um, I wish I could tell you exactly what's going to happen to that particular <laughs> pretrial hearing, but the last two days have been kind of bizarre because yesterday was spent, literally the entire day was spent uh, talking to four different police officers, two from the Morgan Hill police and two from the San Jose police. And they were just the responding officers, the people who responded to the 911 calls about the high-speed car chase that went 11 miles and reached over 100 miles per hour, allegedly. Um, there was another one who was at the scene who had retrieved the uh, weapon, the 40 caliber weapon from inside of Kane's um, Ford F-250 truck. Uh, there was another uh, who was there who actually, you know, placed Kane under arrest when he when he stopped and was uh, taken into custody. And there was another who actually had spoken to Paul Bender. Uh, who was the alleged victim in the case? So, like, it was just a lot of a lot of question and, and back and forth with uh, prosecutor Aaron French and then the judge, or excuse me, the uh, attorney Mark Garagos for Kane Velasquez. So that was all yesterday, and then today it was basically closing arguments about you know um, the pretrial hearing, and then those two motions from Garagos, which again was the the motion to dismiss the charge of premeditated attempted murder, which was denied, and then the motion for bail, which again kind of surprising considering you know judges uh, i believe it was shalala brown had had denied it multiple times in the past and you know more or less called kane a you know clear and present danger to the public uh but you know after eight months in jail uh you know judge bocanegra disagreed uh in in terms of the danger that kane currently represents in in his own words and that led to his uh his bail which again I'll be honest, like the way everything had been going, the way that the judge had been ruling and the way the judge had, you know, listening to arguments. And again, I'm not a lawyer, but, um, you know, I, I feel like I have a good enough grasp of the legal system when, when you're talking about objections and things like that happening in the court. It seemed like, you know, Aaron French was making a compelling argument in his side. Um, and with the bail hearing, you know, it seemed like he was just arguing the same things that have been argued the last four times. But. Again, Judge Bocanegra had a different opinion on the present, the danger that Kane represented to the public and now allowing him to not only go home and see his family, but also, you know, demanding, you know, the counseling and the, and the, and the treatment for wellness in the wellness center and things like that. I mean, I think those are important things to note here, uh, not necessarily as punishment, but more that Kane is going to get treatment. You know, this isn't just a free and clear release. He gets to go on bail. Like he has to abide by a lot of rules from the court to maintain his bail and he is going to get treatment. He's going to get treatment for that. So I think that that's important as well. I think the counseling for parents of sexually abused children has to be noted here. I think that's so important because that's a, I mean, it's a horrific, horrific situation to be away. I mean, again, none of this, none of this, by the way, let me make sure I'm, I'm being clear about this. None of this. I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm uh, giving Kane a pass for what he did. I'm just saying like, when you take that out of it and you just realize like at home, he has a four-year-old son, who's been sexually abused and he's been without his dad for the past eight months. I get the trauma of that. And I understand judge Bocanegra's ruling in that regard of saying this kid has already been through a lot. You know, there's a chance if he's convicted, his dad may be taken away forever. I mean, he could get life in prison. There's a reality that happens. Um, 
in this situation, I kind of get it. I'm like, there is a, you have to, you have to take the entire situation into account when you realize why judge Bocanegra made the decision he made in my opinion. No, I, I do think that was always the most compelling compelling. Maybe isn't the word I feel the best using, but it is the one that jumps to mind. The most compelling argument for his release is that he has a young son who has allegedly been sexually abused and having being separated from that creates a, a not great um, situation in general. It certainly makes a bad situation worse. Uh, before we get out of here, I mean, th- that's the update. I don't, I don't personally have anything else to say here, but Steven, uh, Damon, do you have anything that you'd like to close with before we exit with, with this? I think, um, you referenced our offline conversation before and, and it's interesting to me to see something break in, in Kane's favor after something not breaking in his favor. So, so frequently, um, I really thought initially that the public perception of this case would play a huge part in how it was adjudicated. Um, whereas you, I think, were coming from a, a letter of the law standpoint and looking at the, the facts so. on their face, the, the allegations on their face, it very much looked, it, it looked very bad. And I was trying to sort of take into account like the environment in which it takes place in. And I think that this, what happened today, could be an indication that that maybe um this 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 will have or will play more of a factor than we initially suspected um given what had happened in the in the first parts of this we are just at the start of this but it just seems like garagos is already doing a good enough job just hammering away at every every possible opening you know he he's a high price lawyer everybody knows mark garagos basically you 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 get what you you know, if you if you get him on your team, you've kind of bought uh, a lot of credibility in certain circles. So, um, yeah, it's it's my my initial take was like this just needs to go to trial because look at the environment that it takes place in. Look at the support that Kane has from the community. Look at his celebrity and look at the the resources that he brings to the table. Um, so it it's too, I think we should clarify it's too it's too early to really like declare this like a a big turning point but it's very interesting in in the context of where things have been absolutely uh calling this a turning point would certainly be premature uh until basically until we know the resolution right but i it is pretty unequivocal to say this is the first real win kane velasquez has had uh with regard to this matter you know he is faced a lot of negatives up and down. Um, we're not going to opine on why, but it has just been, he has taken a lot of L's through the pre-trial stuff. This is his first very clear win. He gets to go home. He gets to be with his family. Uh, he gets to help uh, to prepare his own defense as this will. By all rights, it seems like this is the, there's not going to end up being a plea here. Uh, I, I certainly thought that that was going to be the most likely outcome to this uh, was a, a plea down to lesser charges. But based on everything going on, it, it seems like they are content to fight this in the court of law, have his day in court. And that's where we're going to that's where where it looks like we're headed sometime next year, potentially even, you know, 2025. 2024 not 2025 that'd be a little long let me uh let me i just want to throw one more thing in here before we go and again i i I want to make sure i'm painting an accurate picture because again i want to i want to be clear in no way shape or form am i 
you know, not like, am I placing judgment on what Kane did right or wrong? I'm not looking at it from that, but just to paint a picture for the listeners, like who didn't see this in court today, when the judge handed down the order, now Kane was wearing a mask and he was wearing an orange jumpsuit. So you couldn't really see his reaction, but you could feel a sense of relief in his voice. He spoke for the first time today when the judge said, you know, all these things he said to him, he said, don't prove me wrong. And, and, and Kane spoke back and said, I, I won't your honor. Um, and at the end, Kane also said, you know, thank you. Yes. Thank you. You know, to the thing. And you could see there was just a sense of relief on his face. His judge kind of, his, his lawyer kind of patted him on the back. You could see like he finally had a sense of relief in this moment. Uh, somebody came over and hugged Kane. I don't know. I may have been his wife. I'm not hundred percent sure because it was kind of off camera a little bit. You could see Kane. I couldn't really see the person hugging him, uh, but there was a sense of relief. And, and there have been people in court you know, this entire time we've heard about it before. I know Daniel Cormier had been there in pe- previous hearings. I believe Javier Mendez was there today. Um, a lot of people from the MMA community have shown support. And again, I'm not, I'm not passing judgment, what you know, good or bad, not saying anything about that. But again, just in the, in the terms of the emotion of the moment, you could see like a, a just a, a brief moment of levity in that. And, and you could see the relief on Kane's face and his lawyer's face that he was going to get to go home and be with his family. Um, listen, none of this is, uh, none of this ultimately is, is his son's fault, you know? And so you do feel for that. And I think there was an emotional factor to that. And, um, listen, we'll, we'll, the, the, the trial, the jury will ultimately decide the fate of what happens from here, assuming it all goes to trial. But for now, you know, I, I wanted to mention that just because it was, you could see it like on his face, like you could see like the, the, the happiness that he will get to go home and probably hug his son for the first time since February. Of course. Uh, and, as I said before, you know, there he's, he's taking a lot of L's and this is far from over, but certainly the first big win for Cain Velasquez today in court, he will be going home to see his family, uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, until this finally gets resolved. That is it. Uh, thank you for tuning in for this. Uh, Steven Morocco, thank you for all the great work you've done this case up to, up to now. Damon, thanks for sitting through this entire pre-trial and keeping us up to date. You can stay tuned, stay locked to MMAfighting.com. We will continue to have updates on this case as it plays out. See you guys next time.